So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, The Big Kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and I am excited that you are here, that you are ready to play full out with me today. Lots of great things going on in the Kahuna world, buying stuff, buying properties, getting stressed out to the max and trying to fund these things and how it all works. It's it's always a new puzzle. We've got a Really good episode. Today, I just want to tell about like things that are happening within my deals. And um, really, we're going to talk about one thing in particular about doing rehab. And so and, and how that works and how that should relate to at least at least my opinion on how you manage work processes or workflows at your property. Um, before we get started, though, as always, if you've not done so, I mean, I'm telling you right now, you've got to go to the kahunawealthbuilders.com and subscribe to my quick start workshop, okay? That is a must. It's the, it's the base where you start to get plugged in, okay? We also have some really cool things if you want to go to the Kahuna Cashflow Calculator. That's where you get my underwriting tool for only 197 bucks. okay? That's super, super cheap, and it's got a lot of good training, and uh, we keep updating that thing, so... It's a powerful, powerful tool that's simple and easy. Let me stress the easy part and how you identify what a deal is and what a deal's not, okay? And then I just want to give out a couple shout I haven't done any shout outs lately for iTunes. Now, I've not forgot about all my iTunes followers that go in and leave me those five-star reviews. So let me give a couple little shout outs. So the first one comes uh, by Robert Gaffney. He says, thanks so much for this podcast. Love the content and delivery. I'm relatively new to the multifamily game, and the practical info in this podcast has been priceless. Keep them coming. Thanks again, Bob Gaffney. Bob, thank you so much for the wonderful you know, mention there. And you know, it really does mean a lot to me. It does get me jazzed up. And uh, I like to get excited, especially when I'm on this podcast. You know, this is my passion. This is the reason. I mean, I love doing multifamilies, but I think, and I, I mean, I just think that I like doing this podcast more <laughs> because I get so much joy out of it. I mean, I love teaching the things in real world, like what happens, you know, it's not all sunsets and palm trees. <laughs> Sometimes things go wrong or, or things happen and, and really shift happens all the time and you just got to be ready for it and understand that that's kind of part of the game. It's part of the process and you got to be able to solve problems. 90% of what we do in the multifamily world, if you're listening to this podcast, is we're problem solvers, right? 
So one, one last one from TN Homebuyer. So TN Homebuyer said, I really enjoy your enthusiasm and the content that you're providing. You are truly, you truly are changing the world one episode at a time. Hashtag respect. So thanks again so much. Hey, listen, I love it. I truly am honored and I truly love it when you guys take the time. And I know it's not easy to get on iTunes and give me that five-star review. So thanks again so much. All right. With that said, I want to talk today about um, something that I, this is kind of like a shadow, um, the dark arts of multifamily investing. And what I think most people do, they do it wrong. And so we're going to talk about rehabbing your property. How do you do it? Do you, you know, what should it look like? And all those wonderful things. Because here's what I see happen a lot of times. You should never want your property to look like a construction zone, right? You just don't. And so a lot of times when we, you know, let's say we raise a million or $2. And now sometimes it's going to, okay, that's, that's inevitable when you have a big project, right? But we don't want it to look like the, like you can't go anywhere on the property forever in a day. And so what I, th- what I think is the correct way. So this is, this is how we approach it is we want to like, let's say we had a half a million dollars um, for projects, right? Going on with the property. Now the question is, do you start, let's say you have an asphalt project where you're going to do a re-slurry and stripe, and then you have some painting and then you have exterior improvements for you know maybe that's at the pool and maybe you want to do some sidewalk repair and the question is do you just get with it and knock it all out at once and like just i mean you have the money sitting there and like let's go to town let's get it all done now some people would argue that that's the right way to do it and i'm gonna beg the differ i'm i'm actually gonna because i want you to understand the psyche behind it. And, and this is true for our property. So I'm going to give you an example of a property right now that we have called Forestwood, Forestwood uh, Apartments. It's in Slidell, Louisiana, and it's a wonderful, wonderful property. It's cash flows every month, has since we've bought it. Um, it's consistently at 97 to 100% occupancy. And I just got the report the other day, we, we have two vacants, and I'm sure they'll be filled by the end of this month, right? So we're consistently hitting new income goals. You know, we just set a new record for our T3 income, right? So we keep pushing and, and hitting, hitting new highs, which is what you want to do in a property, by the way. And so, and, and by the way, this is one of my favorite quotes. I think it's a Corey Peterson quote. I don't know. But tenants expect rents to go up each and every year, and we never disappoint them. We never do. Okay, you are going to make sure you have a nuisance raise regardless, because that is how we make money in the apartment world. Okay, now you will only be able to do this if you provide clean, nice, consistent, A-class management in your properties. You have to earn the right to charge more. Okay, but it's not hard. It's actually a lot simpler than you think, because there's a lot of horrible and I mean horrible operators out there that just don't get it and they leave money on the table all the time so at slidell we basically budgeted maybe i think 350 dollars for repairs on the property and we have been in an absolute 
slow play of all things getting done at the property. Number one, we are um, consistently cash flowing. We're at, we're at occupancy, okay? And so, but I want you to go inside your tenant's mind for a minute. And I want you to think about this. What sounds more like a new property owner takes over, right? The guys that have been there before, right? The ones that stay three or four, five years at a time, okay? They see, you know, you first start by changing some of the lighting, right? That's one of the first things we do at all our property is we start changing all those yellow incandescent ugly lights at the property. And we start putting those bright LEDs that like put out a crap ton of light. I mean, it lights it up like a Christmas tree, okay? <laughs> That's what we want to do at the property. That's step number one, okay? That's almost always, almost always step number one. And why do we do this? Well, because, listen, you know, I would love to think that we all, like, as men, as men, okay, as men that we get to maybe think we get to pick where we live, unless you're single, okay? <laughs> but most of us, okay, the honest truth is, your woman is going to tell you where you're going to live. <laughs> and at least that is how it works for me. My wife, we live in the house that my wife said we're going to buy, and that's what happened, okay? Um, just being honest. But what I know is this, is that every woman wants to live in the nicest, safest, cleanest place they can afford. And so lighting has a big key. When we can show the difference before and after when it comes to lighting, well, that makes a big difference because women come home, you know, if they're working and they come home at night and it's not lit up and it looks and feels not safe, that's a factor. And when we do this in the property, like when we take over and we change all the lighting, here's what really happens is that people take notice. They're like, wow, there's a new owner in town, right? We've got new staff usually. And um, we have new procedures and we start holding people accountable to their leases and paying on time and creating our perfect community, right? We're going to provide a nice, clean, because like, listen, at the end of the day, what we're really dealing with is people, okay? We're in the people business. We just, you know, and more importantly, we're in the people business where people live. I mean, just grasp that for a minute, where people live their home okay for some people their home is our apartment complex right so it's important for our managers and our maintenance people to know the people in our community okay that's that's one like that's a people component but the perception you know perception is reality right can you agree with me with that perception is reality and how people perceive where they live is far more important, right? And so as we start making these changes and what happens is we start with the lighting. That takes, you know, we're not in no hurry to do it. We start to gradually do it, right? Because our maintenance guys are doing lots of other things as well. So we'll take on this breezeway. We'll take on the next breezeway. We'll take on the next breezeway. But what it appears that we're doing that it, it appears that ownership, right? Ownership, me, or the new management company, that they care, that they are, they want to improve the property. Now, 
This is why we do not want our property looking and feeling like a construction site. That negatively affects people, right? They're like, gosh, damn it, right? They get tired of all that crap, you know, everywhere. And, and, and if you're not doing it quickly, they, they get frustrated. So, but if they see like, you know, sidewalk repair, like this part of the side, you know, that old sidewalk that's just crumbling. And then one, one weekend it's, it's fixed. Now it looks like new concrete. Like, wow, wow, they did that. And then, you know, we were working on some of the lighting. Oh, wow, wow, they did that too. And then, you know, next thing you know, so we've been slow playing. So the goal here, right, what I'm trying to say, <laughs> let me deliver the baby, is that you want to be very methodical in how you're transitioning your property. And I think that if, if you can make the appearance, because here's what ha it starts happening in people's mind, is that, man, these guys are always doing something. They are constantly trying to improve the asset. They're trying to make our place, I'm proud of where we live, like our owner cares. The owner here, the management here, cares about the property. Heck, they live on site. Our maintenance guys live on site. Our head maintenance guy lives on site. Our head manager lives on site. It's required. We don't look at it as we're losing rent for that area. We're like, we're gaining our client's peace of mind. See, we're creating community. And we want people to live in places that they feel safe, comfortable, and they know what the expectations are. You know, this is their home. It's their home. And when you put it to that level, man, that takes on a whole different meaning. It's not just a tenant we're trying to collect money from, okay? I mean, we're still running a business, but if you, you've got to come from the right like frame of mind to do it right because you can do it wrong. And hold on, I had to hit some of my coffee. It's, it's early in the morning. All my kids are just now getting up for school, and here I am recording a podcast. <laughs> Oh, man, sometimes I just, uh, I don't know what to do about myself. I'm a mess. <laughs> okay, so so we know that we're supposed to slow play, you know, what we're doing at the property. But now the question is, well, Corey, well, what about like, do, can I do multiple projects at the same time? You know, because I re we really want to, we want it to affect the income. We want to raise NOI. You know, and I guess, I, I think the the right approach to that is, you'll affect NOI. Sometimes raising the rents is just a matter of having a good trained salesperson in the office. That's a fact, okay? If they know how to properly show a property and you have the right, what we call unit uh, standard turn, like you're providing a pretty nice uh, inside interior job and you know how to uh, effectively take them, show the unit, and then get them to sign your lease or, or your application or whatever you've got to do. A lot of times that's a sales process, okay? And it's not very hard to do when done correctly, right? But one of the things by constantly having improvements is you can start telling the story, hey, we're always looking to try to upgrade the property, trying to make it better. And uh, you know, manage, uh, you're, you're managing your tenants' expectations and you know, that we're consistently trying to, to upgrade our, our property, right? So we've had Slidell now for, gosh, going on two and a half years, going, oh, going on two years, going on two years. And 
um, it's been a wonderful property. I mean, we've made money on this thing since day one. And we are, right now, we, on new leases, we're getting on, at, 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 at an average, like $80 increase in rent. That's astronomical, by the way. Astronomical. This is a hundred and, uh, I think it's a 97 unit apartment complex. And I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of income for a property to get $80 more a month for new leases. Now on our renewals, we're getting on average $18. Okay. And we renew around 65% of the time, which should be your stand, right? Everybody write that down. If you're listening, take a mental note. If you're renting apartments, you you want to shoot and aim for a 65% renewal rate. So like if you have 10 leases coming up, right? You should keep at least four to five every time. That's your renewals. Now, renewals is how you make a crap ton of money in the business, okay? I'm just gonna let you know that right now because there is an inherent cost. Every time a tenant moves out of your property, you are now going to have to spend money to fix it up and make it right. And that's okay, but would you, wouldn't you rather not? And would you you rather not spend any money and, and just raise the rents, even if it was only $18, okay? That's, that's the nuisance raise. That's typically a, a 3% growth matrix, right? That we, we tried to, every year, year upon year, we wanna raise our rents at least uh, 3%. Okay, that's usually our standard goal. And then, but you know, that's for renewals, okay? We're just trying to keep that in our renewal base. For our ones that were, you know, the, the ones that actually left the property, we are now then trying to get market rate and sometimes above market. And at the property right now at Slidell, we are getting above market. And here's the funny thing, is the insides, the interiors are really nice. Our exteriors, are not so nice. And we have been slow playing this intentionally um, because we've been, you know, we, we've re-slurried and restriped the parking lot. We've fixed concrete. Um, we've fixed, and we just finished the pool, right? The pool's done for just in time, well, middle of summer. We got it done in the middle of summer, okay? Uh, but that was, it was a big project. It was like a $30,000 project to redo the pool. So now the pool's up. And see, and then now we're slowly and methodically starting to fix all the um, exteriors. The last thing that we're going to do on this property is paint, right? And um, we're going to, you know, hide all. There's lots of wires. Now, by the way, this is a big, if you can ever do this at a property, when you take over property, sometimes these older properties, the cable guy, the cable guy, um, they've came and like cabled the crap out of your apartment building where you've got wires running everywhere. By the way, that's not, that's, people don't like that, okay? I don't like that. And so one of the things that we do is we will spend the time and the money to like get all those. Sometimes you, it's like putting all the cables in a tube, right? And then run the tube up the wall. Well, by doing that, you can paint the tube. It looks now, looks like it's part of the process. It looks clean and nice. And um, it, it really does make a difference. But a lot of times, um, most people just like paint over those wires and they, they're still wires and they still look ugly. And so anytime that you can clean that business up, that makes a huge difference. Okay. So right now on the exteriors of this property, we are now um, slowly um, taking each unit and saying, okay, how, what are we going to do? Move these wires, 
right? And we're trying to prep it ready for our paint, right? Now, we probably will not paint towards probably the end of the year. And even then, we're going to slope. We'll paint a building at a time, right? We'll get one building ready and do it. And then we'll take our time and start the process on the next building and then do that, right? And we're, we're trying to do it in-house as much as possible, all the prep and all the things like that. And so we're trying to be efficient, one, efficient to save cost, and then methodical in that we don't have to do it all at one time. People respect that, hey, it's just a building, and then another building, and then another building. And they start starting to say, like, wow, this thing's coming together. And, and this operator is really putting the money in making this property nice. And they start telling their friends. At the end of the day, what we're trying to get around to is we want our tenants to find our next tenants. That is the best form of flattery is if you can get a paying tenant to actually give you a referral and, and bring someone in the property. And by the way, see, as we keep raising, see, you manage properties up. You can never save money um, and, and, and squeeze it down, okay? That's not how you run a property. If you're, if you're trying to minimize expenses all the time to where you become cheap, what happens is that you're going to hurt yourself in the end. You can always raise, you know, you want to, to bring the value up. You want to raise your credit scores up. You want to raise the rents up. You want to raise your standards up. You want to keep improving the property up. All those things, as we continue, to it's a slow process. It is not, it's slow and easy wins the race, okay? That is how we get it done. And that's how I get it done. And when you do it that way, hey, it makes it so much, it's, it's a fun process to see over time the difference. And so hopefully this is making a lot, a lot of sense. I wish, I wish I had an open mic live. I wish I had, one day I'm going to get myself a, a radio show. I was just on Sirius XM radio. And uh, it was a it was a blast, and we we're uh, we've got to, I have a call in this next Saturday, and um, where we get to take live uh, calls from guests. And I only wish sometimes it's the only thing the drawback about having a podcast is sometimes it's just me and you, and uh, and, and and we're talking to each other. I'm talking to you, and you're so awesome to be listening to me. <laughs> I hope I don't bore you to death, okay? If I ever do, just let me know in the comments, okay? <laughs> But needless to say, I mean, I've taken a long time to explain just one concept here, but I, actually I think I've touched on many different things. But really, that whole slow plane of the getting stuff done and just being more methodical in it, right? But a lot of times when you have a big project, like do one thing and then do the next and then do the next and then do the next. Don't, don't do multiple projects at the same time, that's what I'm saying. I've seen a lot of people do that, and then they make a construction zone out of it, and that gets now that gets in people's way. Okay, when you just show up and you're because most of the the properties that we buy, that I like to buy, are typically eighty five percent or more occupied. They're already somewhat stabilized, and so we've already got tenants living on there. We don't want to affect their life in their home. Okay, that's not the goal; is to affect people's home life. You want to keep their home life happy. <laughs> and when you do that, they will they will pay. They'll pay you a lot of money, okay? So, guys, 
Uh, hopefully that's that's it. I'm going to keep this podcast short. I just want to share that one big idea because it's happening now. You know, I, I look back at a couple of the projects that we've got. We've been very methodical in our process. We are not in a rush to make it a, a war zone construction site. Um, we want to have the appearance that we are always working and trying to improve the property. And that, my friends, is how you make lots and lots of money in this wonderful world called apartments. And I tell you, listen, I can only tell you, you know, if you're sitting there listening to me right now, you know, you can do whatever you put your mind to. I, I know this without a doubt. I mean, I sat there 17 years ago, actually in 2009, which is not quite 17 years ago. That's when I made the real decision. And I sat there in my office. I was going to get fired from Edward Jones. And, you know, what a horrible experience knowing you're going to get fired. And I was, you know, deep down this little kid, this little boy who used to dream that he could do anything that he put his mind to. See, he was fighting with this 32-year-old that had a wife, kids, a mortgage, responsibilities. And, you know, but the kid, the kid that, that dreamed and dreamed wildly, he knew what he wanted to do. He wanted to do real estate. He knew that if he could just figure it out, that he could be successful and he could provide a life that no one could ever, you know, that he, honestly, that I, if I'm honest, just me, I couldn't believe I could do it, right? But I, I shattered that. I, I, I took the leap of faith. And so if you are saying to yourself right now, man, I want to, I want to do it. I'm ready. Man, take the time to get educated, right? You know, we're, we are in the process right now of creating a whole multifamily course, and it's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. I think you're going to really like it. And it may not be launched for another couple months because we are fine-tuning it, but it's going to be valuable, right? And it's going to be no nonsense. The problem with most people's courses in this world today is that, dude, they make this stuff where it's like, you know, it's a lot of fluff, and I don't believe in it. I, I just want to give you the meat and potatoes. That's just how I roll, right? And I don't hold back. And I think that's important. But I, I want to talk to your mindset right now. Because if you're, you're either, you know, you're, you're listening on, in your car, you're on your phone, your iTunes, and um, you, you want to make a difference in your life. You want to have a difference in your life. And for me, that has been so, I mean, I'm living a life now that I could only dream of. I mean, this, this year, we're going to close about $25 million worth of property, potentially $35 million of new acquisitions. That's a lot of money, okay? That'll increase my income by at least $100,000 a quarter, right? Passive income. Passive. Massive passive. <laughs> and, like, you know, it started with one deal. It started with believing in myself that I could do it. I took the time. And so, listen, I believe, and this is how I ended all my podcasts, I truly believe that when you believe it in your mind, right, when you sit there and say to yourself, today's the day, I am. I'm ready to change. I'm willing to change. I want to change. I'm going to change. I'm going to do it today with everything that you are. When you make that kind of decision, my friend, you are powerful. You are powerful beyond measure, right? And that is the type of mindset that I had when I got in this thing called real estate. And I've never looked back. I've never looked back. 
And it's been a journey. And I failed. I've made mistakes. I've cost myself money. But I never lost the vision. And I never lost the passion. I love it. I love it. I love what I do. I love what I do. Right? I want to share a story. I can't remember if I told this story or not. Gosh dang it, but I'm going to tell it again. If, if, if I've already told it, I apologize. But I'm going to end it with this story. So this story is um, something that my dad, this is what my dad taught me when I was a little boy. So I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, I, I idolized my dad. My dad was a Greek god. My dad, six foot two, mountain man, wild brown hair, wild brown beard, just hulking, six foot two, big shoulders, guns. He was a man's man. That was my dad. And all I ever wanted to do was spend time with my dad. I mean, I would beg him, dad, 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 can I go to work with you? Can I just go to work with you, dad? My dad would take me at four years old. I'm four years old. I just want to be with my mom. And guess what? My dad is a roofer, okay? Actually, just so you know, my dad got drafted out of high school to play with the Cleveland Indians. He was a catcher pretty proud of that moment right and so my dad was an athlete and but he got taken out at home plate and had to have back surgery career over now I idolized my dad now my dad my grandpa was a roofer my dad was a roofer and at four years old my dad was teaching me the roofing trade and as we got on top of the roof this is where my dad did his best teaching I learned more from my dad up on the roof than I could ever, ever imagine. And so I don't know if you guys know anything about roofing, but roofing is not easy. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of hard work, right? And my dad would say, you know, as he gets me up there, he goes, son, listen, today's going to be hard work, okay? Here's how we tackle hard work. We make it a game. We make it a game. The game we're going to play today, son, is who makes it to the top of the ridge first. Me and my dad were on one side roofing this, the roof of the shingles up, and there was another roofer that was on the other side roofing his side of the shingles up. Man, that's all I needed. I looked at my, like, I had my margin orders. Boom, I'm ready to go, dad. Like, let's do it. I know it's work, but let's make it a game. So my job as a little boy, four years old, was to take the shingle bundles and break them apart and then unstick them, and then lay them out for my dad. My, my hulking Greek god dad, my dad would kick your dad's butt, just saying. <laughs> and there he would, dad would line up the shingles with his pneumatic air gun and go, pop, 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 pop. Get the next one, bring it down, line it up, pop, 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 pop. Dude, and we were crushing it, crushing it. And it was amazing, and we won. And we didn't win by just a little. You see, we won by a lot. Now, what my dad did next is what taught me everything about who the man I am today, right? Because we could have sat there and basked in the glory. I mean, we won. We, it, was, it was wonderful. And I've, I was so proud to be my dad's son at that moment. Like, that's my dad, right? What dad did next taught me 
everything. You see, we jumped on the other side of the roof and we helped that other roofer bring his shingles to the top. So that lesson right there, lesson number one, make work a game. Make it a game. When you have to do work, real work, make it a game and have fun doing it. Play hard, right? That's what we did. Now, even though my dad was injured as a baseball player, he never lost passion for the game. And I remember as as he was coaching me in my youth baseball, he would say, son, swing for the fences. Don't ever be ashamed. Don't ever think bad about it. Go up there and swing for the fences. Knock it out of the park every time. Give it your all, 1,000%. Don't ever be ashamed about it, son. He goes, but son, more often than not, you're going to strike out. That's what's going to happen. It's part of the game. When that happens, there'll be a moment to define who you are. And this is what you should do, son. This is what you should do. He never told me. He said, this is what you should do. When that moment comes, adversity sets in. Collect yourself. Don't make a show of it. Grab your bat. Start hustling back to the dugout. But as you're walking to the dugout, hustling back to the dugout, out of the corner of your eye, out of the corner of your eye, look that pitcher right in the eyes and say to yourself, you may have got me right now, but I will get you tomorrow. You will not win. I will not let you defeat me. Swing for the fences. Rule number two, swing for the fences. Don't ever be ashamed. Give it your all. It's only if you quit, you fail, right? You go there trying. You strike out, it doesn't matter. That's how you learn in this game. You've got to be willing to fail a thousand times over and maybe a thousand times more. If that's what it takes, who cares? Who cares? Don't cry me a sob story. Life does not give a crap about that. What they will judge you on is your character and how hard and how committed you were to the process. Because sometimes, more often than not, when you try something new, you are going to strike out sometimes. But there's hope because no one remembers your strikeouts when you hit it out of the park, do they? That's how it works, folks. The last thing that my dad taught me, step number three, is to always hustle. You know, when I, when my coach, he goes, Corey, when your coach says, hey, listen, go run around that tree. He goes, Corey, you should always be number one. You should, in your mind, you are going to be no, number one. The only time you're not number one is someone physically beats you. They have to physically beat you because most of the time it's just a mental thing. The people that want to get the one, listen, in life, Business does not wait on you. It does not care. It is not emotional, okay? It will not wait. The people that get the worm are the early birds. One, the ones that are working hard and consistently and paying attention and out there saying, I'm gonna get mine today. That is how you do it. There is no other way to make it work that I know of. You have to have that much tenacity to make change, because it is not easy. It is not easy when you have this legacy idea, I'm gonna create legacy wealth. You've got to make yourself and, and believe in yourself and hustle. Now we're talking about 
sunsets and palm trees. I know I talk about sunsets and palm trees, living the lifestyle. In the beginning, I didn't live that lifestyle, okay? Let's not kid ourselves. I worked my butt off. I did. But I tried, you know, I, I like to call it sprint and marathon. Sometimes you got to sprint. You got to hyper-focus on what you're doing so you can marathon when you get to your goal. Don't start a new goal right away. Take some time and enjoy the process, okay? I believe in it. I truly do. Those three things my dad taught me, right? Make work a game. Make, make work a game. Swing for the fences and hustle in everything you do. Man, that, that's life-changing, right? Now, just like my dad jumped over the fence and um, helped that roofer, I, I want to jump on the fence, jump over the fence, or jump over the ridge <laughs> and help you as well. And, and really, in my mind, where, where that help is, is at kahunawealthbuilders.com. It's my quick start workshop video series. Right? I, I truly believe I created that as an entry point to get you started. And here coming soon, I'm going to deliver the bombs. Right, I'm going to drop the course, and it is it's amazing. We spent a lot of time in creating this and, and trying to make it right and having all the, the information that's needed in very segmented videos that's coming up. And I think that's the best way for me to help teach my podcast listeners. Oh, and by the way, I also, we just created the Multifamily Legacy Podcast Facebook page, all right? So if you ever have any, we we're talking earlier, but I couldn't, I just went from serious, now I'm, I'm out, because I got to get this off my chest. I'm going to talk about it when the first, when I first started. I have the it's Multifamily Legacy Podcast on Facebook. You can go there, and that's the place, if you have questions, or comments or anything like I want to create a community there. That's where all my the podcast listeners. That's where you need to go. I will come on there. I will answer questions personally. Um, I will just be a resource there for you. Okay, um, so it's uh, it's an open group, uh, but it is a group page, and we would love love to have you there. So if you're interested in that, go to the Multi Family Legacy Podcast on Facebook and uh, come check us out. With that said, guys. Thanks so much for listening. You guys can do anything you put your mind to because your paradise is possible.